Hey listeners, before we begin the episode today, just a quick shout out to those of you who are in active recovery. You know you want to date, but you're overwhelmed or frustrated with the process um, of dating and recovery. We have an opportunity just for you. Uh, check out our new website, One Layer Deeper, O-N-E, LayerDeeper.com, uh, where we have information about our weekend dating and recovery intensives. Uh, these are awesome. They're a lot of fun. They help you dive deep into the issues that uh, keep you from dating successfully, having the relationships that you want, um, and also helping you find the kind of people that uh, you won't avoid their phone calls after a first date. So uh, we have two events upcoming. We're going to have a weekend for women. That'll be October 11th through 14th. And a weekend for men. That'll be November 1st through 4th. Uh, So if I'm talking to you, active recovery, and uh, you're frustrated with the whole dating process and would like to experience a deep change there, One Layer Deeper is for you. So check us out at OneLayerDeeper.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. For sharing podcast, the podcast where we explore all things recovery, healing, and relationship. Remember to subscribe and download episodes in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on the Podbean app. You can find more Thanks for Sharing at www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash healing paths. That's path with an S. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thanks for Sharing. I'm Jackie P. And John T. is not with us today. He's out of town. Um, So I'm holding down the fort myself. But I'm really excited to introduce um, two guests that we have on today who are going to be talking to us about smart recovery. So let me first introduce to you um, Bill Greer and tell you a little bit about him. He has 40 years of leadership and professional communications experience in the nonprofit arena. He has served as one of SMART's most active volunteers and over three years as a regional coordinator for D.C., Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. He has promoted the program at numerous treatment centers, Veterans Administration, and other military facilities, prisons, drug courts, and high schools. And the number of meetings in the region doubled during his time as coordinator, which was from 2014 to 2016. So impressive there. And then our second um, guest is Susan. And Susan, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. Is it Lycate? It's Lakata. Lakata. Good thing I asked because I butchered it. So Susan Lakata is SMART's executive director. And she has extensive experience in the corporate and nonprofit worlds, holding an MBA from Lake Erie College. Susan has decades of experience raising funds, managing events for, that pur- for the purpose of social orga- service organizations, including the Epilepsy Association, Cleveland Free Medical Clinic, and Lake County Council on Aging. She is working at Lake Erie College, or when she was working at Lake Erie College, she contributed to many types of campaigns that helped bring in five and six figure donations. So both of you with a lot of experience and and work in the nonprofit um, arena and doing what you can to make your little areas of the world a better place. So welcome to, thanks for sharing, both of you. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us as well. We do appreciate the opportunity to Um, educate and inform folks about smart recovery and and what we do to help 
folks globally? Yeah, so we want to get into, I, I think we've kind of talked about how um, maybe just raise some awareness about smart recovery. We kind of started hearing about it maybe a year and a half ago and started looking at some, there were just where we are, a few smart recovery groups. Um, and we started looking into it and referring clients who maybe 12-step wasn't working or it wasn't a good fit and it was just another option that they could attend smart meetings. So why don't, I don't know who wants to start first, but kind of give us a basic or some understanding of, of what smart recovery is. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Okay. I, what your listeners might not know is that SMART has actually been around for about 25 years. Um, we were started in the latter part of the 20th century um, by um, uh, professional therapists uh, and scientists um, to provide a, a self-empowering approach to uh, uh, recovery. Um, and they developed a, um, a four-point program uh, that was uh, kind of based on the kind of treatment that they were providing uh, clients. And that program has proved to be uh, a very effective uh, for a lot of people. Um, and I'll, and I, I guess I could, I could go through that. The, the first point, and it's very simple, straightforward. Uh, uh, the point, first point is to build and maintain the motivation to recover, uh, learn to cope with urges. That's point two. Uh, point three, uh, manage uh, thoughts, feelings, and behavior uh, so you don't uh, uh, relapse and experience uh, extensive anxiety that can uh, get you into behavioral trouble. And the fourth point is uh, to live a fulfilling and balanced life, uh, which is really critical if you're going to recover over the mm -hmm. long term. Because the, the first part of recovery is stopping whatever it is that you're having an addiction problem with. But the, in order to recover completely, you have to change your life and your lifestyle completely uh, to get that out of your uh, system and, and um, change your uh, life in many ways to, to stop uh, the addictive behavior and be, do creative things that are more uh, uh, fulfilling and effective for you and healthy and uh, often uh, you have to change your circle of friends uh, um, and get on with your life in a, in a very positive way. Uh, I think your, re your listeners should know that uh, SMART offers um, free weekly meetings. Um, they're led by trained facilitators who are very knowledgeable about the four-point program and uh, some of the psychological tools that we use uh, to help people with the program. Um, our meetings are, are relatively small. Uh, we like to keep them at about 10 to 15 people to enable everyone to participate. Um, we encourage a lot of crosstalk and discussion among the participants. Uh, everybody has a chance to talk about the progress in their recovery um, and uh, challenges that they're encountering. Um, and and, it's, and the, the meetings are very positive and forward-looking. We don't focus a lot on the past. Uh, we try to help people focus on what they need to do now and going forward to uh, advance their recovery and the facilitators try to keep the focus uh, on that. Um, and, and like good facilitators, they, they try to give everyone a chance to participate and don't let any one individual dominate the discussion and um, get sidetracked on subjects that are, that are really not germane. So mm -hmm. um, I, I should also say that I, I, 
SMART has really uh, taken off in the last, uh, uh, well, since 2010. I, it, it went from like 600 meetings uh, in 2010, and we'll be uh, probably reaching the 3,000 meeting mark uh, by the end of this year, and we're in more than 20 countries. Uh, we have about 1,600 meetings uh, in the U.S. and uh, we're very large in the U.K. and uh, Australia and Canada, and uh, um, and now we're we're continuing to grow in a lot of other countries. Uh, I think because our program, the way it's designed, is uh, is very simple and straightforward. It focuses squarely on what people need to do to recover. And, uh, and I think the self-empowering nature is attractive to a lot of people. Um, and also, I think is another aspect of our program is, is that we work as a partnership between professionals and peers. So we have the addiction scientists, the therapists, um, working with people who have experienced uh, or gone through recovery. And so we're combining the, the best of the science of recovery with the lived experience of recovery uh, to, to make the program as useful as possible to people who are going through the process and, and trying to do what you have to do, which is which is quite challenging. But um, I think the, the good news is that it's doable. I mean, you can recover, I guess. Right. That's a message that I think your listeners need to here and we do have a separate program for family members and friends um, and uh, and that focuses on helping family members uh, who are dealing with loved ones who have addiction problems and uh, experiencing a lot of anxiety and frustration and difficulty uh, in that kind of situation you know, that program has two aspects to it. Um, the first uh, is to emphasize self-care and what um, the uh, uh, people need to do to, to deal with the anger and the frustration and the changes they have to make to their life so they can uh, get back and, and an even keel and uh, uh, cope with the, with the, the stress in a, in, a in, a, in a positive way to the extent that they can. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then once they've gotten their life back on track, then they're in a stronger position to reconnect with their loved one in a positive, uh, non-judgmental way and, and in a loving way as well. Um, uh, with the objective of trying to get their loved one to, to seek treatment. Uh, and, uh, uh, and if you do it in, uh, in the right kind of way, it, it, it can work. Uh, um, but it, it takes time. And I, um, and I, I facilitated uh, family and friends meetings. I facilitated regular meetings. We also have meetings in correctional facilities. Uh, uh, so I've, I've and trying to help inmates as well deal with um, addiction problems. We also have a, a criminal thinking component to that aspect of SMART. So um, I guess the thing that impresses me most about SMART is that it, it works as well for people with very little education, uh, you know, inmates in correctional facilities, as for people with who are professionals and have PhDs. Uh, I think the, the program is very strong and, and the fact it's that versatile and, and yeah. that easy to grasp. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty uh, well-rounded and robust um, program. Susan, anything that Bill didn't cover that you want to add? 
Yeah, I think it's important to note as well is that, um, you know, while we're serving this just many, many folks across the globe, really, um, there are trained by facilitators who go through our training program. So we offer a training program that leads folks to, you know, to become facilitators. It's a rigorous 30-hour training course. Um, and, and they're able to, you know, conduct, establish and conduct these meetings weekly. Um, and, and it's people helping people. It's pretty neat. Um, so it can be a, a group of folks with a variety of issues coming to the table, but we use the um, four-point program as, as the common thread. So, you know, folks are not identified by the particular addiction, okay. but rather... Um, they're they're together in their like-mindedness in recovery and and working towards a balanced and healthy lifestyle but let me get back to the training for a moment so we have training for facilitators we also have um you know teen and youth training we have the inside out program which is in our prison systems um, and we also have a treatment professionals program in development so there there really is a nice variety we have online trainings um, we also have face-to-face trainings Yeah. Yeah. I know one of our um, interns on staff here just um, completed um, the training to be a facilitator and is going to be starting a group. And and she's been really excited about what she has learned and um, the potential and the offerings of the SMART program. So, yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. That is great. And and I think it's important to note too, and and I found this out as I was working through the training as well, is that the, the curriculum per se is not only useful when helping folks deal with recovery and adopting a balanced lifestyle. It really can be used as a program across such a broad base, uh, you know, just for everyday living. Right, right. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't need kind of help with bad habits, um, coping with certain unhealthy or sabotaging urges that can span a continuum, managing emotions and thoughts. I think we're Um, you know, there's a lot of examples currently in the United States that would point to how poorly we are at doing that. Um, And then just living a fulfilling and balanced life. I think, yeah, most people listening, regardless of addiction or no addiction are like, yeah, I need some of that. And, you know, I like to always put it in this context, um, because folks have a sometimes narrow idea of what addiction recovery is and who it serves, Mm -hmm. but you can have an addiction to anything. And I say, you know, your smartphone, and that's when the light bulb goes off. (laughs) Yeah, because I think people can relate to that in this day and age. It's like, oh, how many times do we check our smartphone? But if it's a behavior that's interrupting your quality of life and your day to day and how you interact with people and, you know, are you able to to be a, a well-meaning contributor to society? You know, if the answer is no there, then then perhaps there's an issue that we need to, you know, reassess our lifestyle. And so, um, sure. you know, that four-point program is really applicable uh, across, you know, such a broad base. Yeah. So, I, I, go ahead, Bill. I can personally attest to the effectiveness of the program in in a broader sense. Uh, I did use it myself to overcome an alcohol addiction, and uh, it was it was very helpful in that regard. And then, uh, as I as I was doing that, my wife was uh, 
going through a very serious uh, health situation where she was suffering from three terminal illnesses. So I was having to serve as her caretaker and dealing with that uh, life challenge while I was mm -hmm. facilitating smart meetings uh, and, and finding the, the smart program helpful and in dealing with the stress and, and uh, challenges associated with that. And then my wife passed away uh, three years ago and and I think SMART was uh, important in helping me deal with the grieving process, uh, uh, helping me keep perspective, helping me uh, focus continually on self-care, which I think is something you learn a lot, mm -hmm. and, and the need to continue to re, you know, make your life in a, in a way that's healthy and, and effective. So um, I, I think in that way, it can, it can help you with just about any kind of life challenge. Uh, so um, I can, you know, I can vouch for that personally. Yeah, because what we learn is that, you know, once maybe we stop the behaviors and we've gotten pretty good at coping with the urges and so, so they're not coming as frequently, um, I think the points three and four about managing emotions and living a, a fulfilling and balanced life, I mean, those are, those are lifelong pursuits and you know, just because you're getting into recovery and maybe the urges are tapering off and, and the behavior has stopped doesn't mean that life stops being life, right? And life keeps throwing things at us that we're not expecting. Um, and, and so those points three and four are going to be continual throughout our life. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, 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 as I think about my own recovery and challenges that other people have experienced, uh, and, and your listeners who might have loved ones who are, are going through the, who are dealing with addiction problems or trying to recover. I mean, the first part is stopping the addiction problem. Mm -hmm. And that maybe takes six months or, or so. Um, and, but that's just the beginning. And, and people don't, a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, they just think, Recovering is stopping the the behavior that's giving you problems. The the mm -hmm. but the real uh, important part of the process is the is as you say points three and four and getting to that balanced life. And uh, if you have a loved one with with an addiction problem, I think they need help with with that in order to recover long term. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think you start by by trying to you know eliminate a behavior that's that's uh, causing problems moving away from that behavior but eventually you have to find uh, a positive lifestyle that you're that you want to achieve in your own life um, as you as you redefine what works for you and and uh, how you want to change and become the kind of person that that, uh, that you want to become mm -hmm. uh, so that there's a process of change that occurs there where you're leaving behind something and then you're moving towards something more positive. Yeah. And, and that's some of my um, impression. I haven't attended a smart meeting myself, but from just reading the literature, um, it, it seems like smart is a little more secular than maybe the 12 step fellowships. Um, and, and more kind of science-based or, or more about kind of the psychological tools. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, sure. Yeah, we, we do have uh, some psychological tools that, that are used from time to time in our meetings. I, I, I guess one example I might offer is uh, we have a tool called the, the cost-benefit analysis. Uh, and that's a, it's a motivational tool where um, we look at uh, – and addiction and we look at 
what are the benefits and what are the costs? Uh, and um, well, you look at the benefits of, of, of say, drinking or, or using drugs, and obviously you're doing that to maybe relieve stress, to have fun, to um, to think you can dance well, to uh, um, uh, to celebrate something, and and obviously there's reasons you you do that, and you you know you recognize that, but then you consider the costs and and the, particularly over the over the long term you're you're dealing with a high cost the, the money that you have to spend on on the drugs and the the alcohol the the cost to your health the cost to your relationships um uh you know it might create job problems it might interfere with your education um you know there there are a lot of uh, uh costs that that are that you really want to uh that you really want to be uh, aware of and and uh and balance those against the, the benefits then you go to the bottom half of this process and you look at the benefits uh, and costs of not drinking and you start looking at the benefits and you find out that the benefits are are the opposite of what all the costs were. I mean, you regain your health, you regain your relationships, you, you know, finally you can save more money, uh, you can preserve your job. You take uh, a dancing class. <laughs> yes, become a real dancer, right? Uh, a personal, personal example is, I, I, I'm an avid fisherman, and, and I, you know, I used to celebrate catching a big fish by, cat, you know, by having a drink. Uh, and, and uh, but then I stopped drinking and I found out I became a better fisherman <laughs> because, right <laughs> I could Funny focus how that works <laughs> intensely on, on, on how to do it effectively um, and and then that that exercise ends with you know what are the what are the costs of, of not uh, drinking or using and, and and there are some costs I mean you realize you have to learn how to dance you realize that um, you have to find new ways of dealing with stress and and anxiety without without using whatever the substance may be, um, and and so there are some uh, adjustments you have to go through to to deal with uh, the, the the cessation of the of that behavior, mm-hmm. and and then that exercise kind of really hits home when you start comparing short-term effects with long-term effects, and you find out that the benefits are really short-term. I mean, you you have a good time, and then you wake up the next morning with a hangover, or, right. or you, yeah, and and then the costs are are long term and and very serious long term. If you're looking at you know health that mm-hmm. that may result in, in very serious illnesses or even well death, as we're seeing now with the opioid uh, crisis mm-hmm. uh, very vividly, and and the same you, on the lower half, you look at the. Um, benefits from not using those are all long term, um, and the and the costs from from not from not using are are short. Yes, you have you deal with urges and you you have anxieties, but but those don't last that long, and and you learn new ways to to deal with them that that um, uh, are not as difficult as you might think as as you change your your mm-hmm. lifestyle. So that, that's one exercise that, that uh, is commonly used. And in a group, it, it can become uh, very dynamic and, yeah. and, uh, and very helpful. Um, yeah, as there's that crosstalk. Susan, I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about how, um, how the community works. Um, you know, are there sponsors? 
or fellow travelers, how does the, the 12, or not the 12 step, the smart recovery, how does that work in terms of community support that you get from attending meetings? So, you know, as the four point says, is, uh, you know, leading a balanced life. And so, you know, we, we really like to drive home the message that you have to be prepared and understand that you, you will have to um, say goodbye to that circle of friends that weren't really your friends after all. They're, they're comrades in um, behaviors that are not so positive for a positive lifestyle. Um, when when attending smart recovery meetings, you're with like-minded people. Everybody, this becomes your new sense of community. Mm-hmm. So of course, everybody's there for for the common goal, and that is wellness from this day forward. Um, some of our meetings across the country uh, have social activities as part of their camaraderie and um, fellow support. Uh, I just had a conversation with somebody this morning and we spoke about, you know, when you go to a baseball game, for example, the inkling is to sit there and watch a game and have a beer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you have to be prepared to not do that behavior. So to be comfortable in those social situations in those social settings or, um, you know, uh, addiction can center around food. We use food to celebrate birthdays and mark milestones and occasions, a, a wedding cake of sorts. But, you know, for some food, food is a problem. Um, and so, you know, teaching folks how to live a healthy, balanced life in a variety of settings, um, whether it's within a meeting where you're having that discussion and um, having scenarios and talking about situations that are um, problematic for you right at that time, but then also taking that outside of the meeting and learning how to live that lifestyle is so, so important. And that's where the sense of community comes in. Um, so helping folks, like I say, when you're living a new balanced life, it's who's around you. Mm-hmm. And if you're a friend or a family member trying to support someone, um, you have to be able to, to um, have the tools and resources available to help that person and guide them in the right direction. Um, again, in chatting with someone this morning about uh, there's, there's races, you know, road races, 5Ks and marathons and such. And some of these um, incentives to, to join and participate includes, oh, and you'll get a voucher for two drink tickets at the end. You know, right, like, right. Wait a, <laughs> Wait a minute. You have to be able to adopt a healthy lifestyle, but know how to say, no, thanks. I'll have right. a soft drink in, instead. Yeah. And that, that can be, um, and that's where, you know, coping with those urges comes in. So we hope that within the meeting, you know, we are helping folks become empowered and self-empowered so that when they're outside of a meeting in these everyday life situations, whether it's attending a birthday party and being faced with food or, you know, an offer for a drink ticket at a road race because you've adopted a healthier lifestyle. Now you've got this temptation that you're able to get beyond that and, and not even see it as a hurdle or an obstacle anymore, but more that, hey, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and, and having, again, community as a support. Yes. I Years ago, when I first started working, and God, it was probably 26 years ago, I, and I was a new therapist and working in drug and alcohol addiction, my supervisor at the time, who I learned a lot from, um, used to say, you know, you either do what your friends do or you do without them. Like, 
yes. that, that friends are really, our peer support is really a, a large influence. And that's not just during the teen years, you know, that, that we don't sure. really outgrow the influence that the people that we hang out with have in our life. And so there may be some grieving and letting go of some of those friendships and recognizing that, you know, they were kind of a way of, they came with the way that we were living our life. But if we're changing yeah. that, that, that may include some losses. And, and the supervisor would also often say, you know, you've got to, you've got to look at and change your playground, your mm-hmm. play things and your play friends, which really well is put. a life transformation. Yes. Well, well put. Mm-hmm. I think it, uh, I think at the beginning of the recovery process, um, a lot of people have to go through, Uh, the people that they know who their friends are and identify and who's going to help them and who's not going to help them, who's going to support them and who's not going to support them. And and, and how much you want to reveal to different people about what you're going through based upon um, what kind of support you can get from them. And that's, that's sometimes a a tricky process but you, you, you know, you, you go through that kind of, um, analysis at meetings with, with the help of uh, other people at the meetings and uh, uh, you kind of figure that out. You, you also have to learn to navigate uh, um, holidays and you know how you deal with family members and friends where there's a lot of drinking going on or, or other things and you got to figure out exit strategies <laughs> in the right. event that uh, you're, you're in a situation particularly in the early stages of recovery where you you know the urges are, are uh, overwhelming so you find a buddy to, to get you home or to mm-hmm. find an excuse to, to get out of the party in a in a way that doesn't look awkward um, uh, so, you know, and we talk about these things at, at meetings, um, so people figure out strategies for, for dealing with these challenges uh, as part of the process. So, um, and, and that way the, the meetings are, you know, are tr- we try to help people at every stage in their recovery process uh, from the beginning, you know, through the, through the balanced life uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do you find, you know, that people you know, maybe they're 10 years sober, maybe they're 15 years sober, are they still attending the meetings and and giving back or feeling like that's still helpful in them living a balanced life? I think some do and and some don't feel the need to. Um, I I, I think, uh, you know, some people, um, I I guess personally, I I, I enjoy the opportunity to give back, but that's, that's something that's made my life more meaningful. Actually, it's probably had a lot to do with securing my recovery and strengthening my recovery. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I feel like I'm doing something really positive, especially with my communications background, which uh, now I can apply to a cause that, that really is making a difference uh, mm-hmm. in dealing with well, a very serious uh, healthcare crisis in the in the country. Um, but other people, I mean, they move on with life and, and uh, uh, and you know they don't need to attend meetings. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they're just applying the psychological tools and and things that they learned, but not necessarily attending the meetings. Yeah, or it's it's built into their lifestyle. Now you don't take for granted your sobriety. I have a personal experience where I I, I quit smoking cigarettes. Um, I, I was smoking very heavily in my twenties, uh, you know, up to three packs a day, really bad. And I, I quit at age thirty. Quit 
cold turkey, hmm. went uh, 20 years without smoking a single hmm. cigarette or using a single tobacco product. And then I started, somehow I just decided, oh, I'll try a couple and see if I can do it. And that wouldn't be a big deal. And then, you know, within a few months, I'm back to two packs a day. And, hmm. and uh, you know, even though there was a 20 year lab. So, I mean, you if you've had a serious addiction problem, uh, you know, you got to be vigilant about that and, and not let yourself, you know, slip back into it uh, um, because there is that potential. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but it, but it, you get to a point where you don't even think about it anymore. I mean, it doesn't even cross your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if it does, you quickly dismiss it and say, uh, you know, it's just not going to work. There's no sense yeah. in even going there. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it's important to to point out our online community is, you know, it's open 24-7. And and within that online community, of course, there are meetings and such, but there's discussion boards and forums and journals and such. And, you know, I'll read through those, and they're they're public emotions is the way I'll phrase it. Okay. Um, You can can read and hear and see – um, with some folks, just the tremendous, I don't even want to say a day-to-day struggle, but even hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute struggle at times where folks are, are really feeling that, that urge and they post within that online community. And the people, they're like-minded people now, this is their new family and support system, really rallies behind that person because it is a 24-7 presence that there are people online all the time and and it's like no you're stronger than this you can do this you've you made it the last 10 minutes you can this just do it another 10 minutes and and you really see that support again we go outside of just attending meetings but that support that's available and why it's so important and then you'll see subsequent posts saying thanks so much you really help me get over that and so the next time becomes a little easier and a little more easier following that and so it's really amazing to watch the transformation of lives take place Mm -hmm. in that online community Um, you know at one point when I started reading through the threads I just you know you can't help but feel so um, sad and empathetic for folks Mm -hmm. and yet you're you're stuck behind a monitor and a keyboard and all you can do is use your words, but then you look at it from the other angle and say, wow, those words can be very, very motivating and inspiring and empowering. Mm -hmm. And that's when people really begin to share their stories and then it blossoms from there. And and as Bill said, you know, many go on to go through our facilitator training and um, you know, it's people helping people at that point. And, and it's really an, an amazing thing to watch grow. Yes. I, I, in the 26 years I've been a therapist, I am still, I mean, I, it's not surprising to me, but I'm always in awe of the power that comes when people help people, right? And, oh, and, yes. and people show up for other people or people are willing to be vulnerable and put it out there so that people can show up for them. That is that is a force to be reckoned with when that's happening. Sure, sure. And and the neat thing too is that that online community, you're you're a persona. You're you wouldn't be Susan Lakata out there. You would be, uh, you know, I'd have a screen name mm-hmm. um, because it is. Um, you know, we do we do work to preserve 
you know, the, the independence and anonymity, and, and that, I can't say the word. Um, <laughs> um, but, but those folks, you know, they still, everybody is rallying around each other because yeah. you're, you're within a community of like-minded people. And I think that helps when we talk about that, that uh, balanced lifestyle and learning to let go of the old community that one belonged to that may have not been the most positive influence, right. but you all, you are all together in um, unhealthy behavior and, and learning to really recognize what positive support is, you know, through that community. Well, and, and we're having the research now. And so we're more fully able to recognize, um, you know, what happens in the brain, what happens in the body when those connections, when those positive connections are also made, which is also a big part of recovery. Sure. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think there, yes, there is growing evidence that, um, yeah, you have those positive experiences, and that produces the brain chemicals that generate uh, the, the positive feelings uh, naturally, uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to, to what the drugs were doing uh, in a yeah an artificial manner. So if we have listeners who are interested in attending a smart meeting or to learn more about this and get into the literature of smart meetings or access these online um, discussion boards, how would they go about this? I think the first thing they might want to do is just check out an online meeting. I mean, if, if you want to get a sense for, for how the program works, and actually some of our, our online facilitators are, are quite skilled, if you can imagine the challenge of trying to orchestrate a, an online meeting with uh, you know 30 or 35 people. But if you want to get a basic introduction, uh, I think, you can start with going to an online meeting, but I. Uh, but the, di the dynamics are, are are different when you go to a face-to-face -face mm -hmm. meeting. So I, hopefully there there are uh, some face-to-face -face meetings in your community. There, that's increasingly the case in many areas. Um, I think you go to a smartrecovery.org. We have a meeting finder. You put in your zip code, and and you'll see all the meetings within 50 miles of where you live. Okay. And and hopefully there will be uh, a number of choices, uh, different days of the week, different times that that will um, uh, allow you to experience a face-to-face -face meeting where that personal contact can make a big difference. I was very fortunate in, in the early part of uh, my recovery and that there was a smart meeting a mile from where I lived uh, every Saturday morning. And, uh, you know, that was a critical part uh, of my recovery. And I was, I was very fortunate to have that. And, and if there aren't meetings close to them, would they also find the online meetings at that same smartrecovery.org? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, that's about twenty-five uh, meetings a week, um, and uh, yeah, there's an online community that uh, you, you have to register and get a you know username Easy. and uh -huh. a password, you know, the same standard stuff, and and uh, do uh, do arrive uh, about five minutes before the meeting starts uh, because we have a limit on how many people can attend, and we have to shut the door. Mm -hmm. uh, artificially I guess uh, and uh, those online meetings are, are becoming quite popular um, so I guess that's just a hint for your listeners to, to get there a little bit early to make sure they can get in um, okay 
Okay. And well, I think it's important to note too, if there are folks listening that have an interest in starting a meeting in their area, whether there, whether or not there is one already in place, you know, we, we can never serve enough folks. And, um, you know, we're also looking at larger entities, healthcare systems, uh, as I mentioned, treatment providers, or even larger groups, you know, campuses across the country or different organizations that would offer the program to two groups. Um, you know, we have programs that train trainers as well. So mm-hmm. we're happy to help folks, um, you know, train them and then start and establish meetings in, in their neighborhoods. Awesome. Yeah. We work with a lot of treatment centers, uh, recovery community organizations, and uh, um, yeah, if, there, if there's not a meeting in your area and you'd like one to be there, just call our central office and we'll figure out a way to make it happen, I guess. Uh, yes, absolutely. We, have, we have regional coordinators um, who focus on, on different states and different regions, and, and part of their job is to, is to encourage the development of new meetings uh, and find uh, people who can facilitate them. We, we will offer scholarships to people who may need some uh, support to afford uh, our, our, our training program, although it's it's not that expensive. I mm-hmm. guess it's a hundred dollars uh, for the um, for the program, uh, and uh, uh, and actually, we're we're. I guess when I was a regional coordinator, we the biggest challenge was keeping up with the demand for meetings. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's the, a tremendous interest in starting new meetings because uh, as people have learned more and more about our program and finding out that it, a lot of people are are very. Uh, find it very helpful um, because of the, the way it's designed. Yeah, that's great. That's a good problem to have where you're trying to keep up with the demand for more meetings. And, and I want to thank both Bill and Susan for coming on and talking about smart recovery. I just think, um, you know, when you're starting a new path in life and looking at transforming how you've been living, um, you can't have too many resources. And so I'm really happy to share with our listeners Um, this resource of smart recovery. Um, And I want to remind you all that at the end of this episode, your story matters. Remember there's something meaningful in every chapter. Don't wait to share your story till it's finished. You can share your story with us on our Facebook page, Healing Paths Inc., or on our website, www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com. This podcast is solely for the purpose of information and entertainment and does not constitute therapy, nor should it replace competent professional help. At the end of another episode, we want to remind you that nobody has time for perfection. We are pursuing progress. Remember the prayer of the perfectionist. Help me remember I can't do it all. Help me to take things one step at a time and that the only step I need to focus on is the next right step for me. Help me to remember that life is a journey. Help me to be able to separate all that I'm learning from all that I have to do. Help me to remember that I am not alone, that I can ask for help. Help me to re- to strive for frequent awakenings, not mastery. I am enough. Amen.